Welcome everyone and thank you for joining us. This week's Parsha is Parsha Zazinu. It finds itself smack in the middle between Yom Kippur, holiest day of the year, and Sukkot, the holiday of Sukkot, where we go out and we eat in the Sukkah, and we have Lulav and Esrog. Well, there's two mitzvot actually, that were done at the times of the Samidash, besides Lulav and Esrog, and besides eating in the sukkah, there was a, um, another, two other mitzvahs. One of them was, the sim, we still have Simchad Beit HaShoeva, where we, we used to dance and there was a, there's a party and we, we celebrate, you know, the Torah says, V'samachta b'chagecha, and you should be happy in your holiday, in, on your holy day, on your Chag. Um, and you should be happy. So therefore, we, we celebrate when the time of the Samidosh. It actually says in the Gemara in Sukkot, it says that one who did not see the Simchas Beis HaSheva, the time of the Beis Amidash, never saw Simcha in his whole life. Never saw happiness. Apparently, the, the Simcha, the joy, was such a great joy, such an amazing joy, that it, it, happiness could not be replicated in any other place. Amazing. You know, think of all the happy times you've seen. I've seen many, you know, my wedding. It's very happy. All the happy times you have, nothing compares to the base. I mean, this in the Simchas Beis HaShu'eva. Um, the, the next mitzvah, actually, is the mitzvah of the Nechsachim, pouring the water, the Mayim, um, on Sukkot. We're not going to go into great detail exactly what, what, what it was. However, there was an idea that used to pour the water. So the Gemara says in the Mesech Sukkot, Nun Ahmed Beis, it's an interesting line over here. So one second. The Amr of Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Mitzvah Chashuvahi, it's a very, very Chashuv Mitzvah, special Mitzvah. And it came from the beginning of creation. It was created the mitzvah of pouring the water, the Nechusachim, was created by the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Very interesting. Rashi explains, what does this mean that it was created from Sheshish Mebreshes? It means that the place where they used to pour the Nechusachim, they used to pour the libations, the water, there would be, that, that, that there was like a hole that would go down into some sort of cavern, and that was where they, it would... It would um, the water would enter. And um, yeah, so that was created. That before Hashem created the world. That was that place was created for the water to be poured. So the Masha asked a question. That's wonderful. They used to do a lot in the Sachim. By almost a lot of carbonos, they brought some sort of they poured um, poured something. Water, wine. Why in the world is so special specifically by Sukkot? That this is considered the Gemara says it was so chashiv, so special, it was created for Shesh Mibreshis. Well, it was always, you know, um, the whole year they used to pour there. And he answers that you're right. <coughs> they used to pour other times. But the pouring that was done on Sukkot was extra special because Sukkot is a time for water. Sukkot is a time for, for rain Sukkot is the time where we daven for, for rain. Obviously, in the shuls, we have special prayer by Musab in the second days that we daven at Kaddish Baruch Hu to bring rain. So, too, 
Um, over here, even though it was done in other times, but since Sukkos is connected to rain, it's where the bracha from rain comes. Um, therefore, it was it was special for Sukkot. Now, <clears throat> it seems like from the Gemara, and we know from other places, that Sukkos is a special time for rain. Right? It's called in the Torah uh, the, the the holiday of the gathering. Well, obviously, to gather at the time where people used to gather the grains in the silo. I heard an interesting shot today from a, uh, another Rebbe in the school I work in that he said that it's also to gather, you know, we gather mitzvot, we, we gather the Lulav and Esrog, we gather the, the, the sukkah, we sit under the sukkah, we gather together, we have a simchus mishreva. But it's also a special dechag of mayim, of water, of rain. Seems a special connection to water. They used to do a lot of pourings in the time of the Bishamidosh. The Gemara goes on later explaining all of it. So it seems an interesting connection. I have a question. Why is it that right after Yom Kippur, which we daven for our lives, so when we sit and we, we ask Hashem you know, to, to look at us in mercy, to have mercy on us, why is it right after? It's almost like a lot, you know? Rosh Hashanah, we're being judged. Then we have the 10 days of repentance where we, 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 we please the Kodesh Baruch whatever we were judged for. Please, Chatasi, Uvisi, Bishati, I did out of the air, I sinned. Please look at me in a good light. And then right afterwards, we have Yom Kippur. And then comes a few days later, Sukkot. Why is it so close? <laughs> number one and number two, why? Is there any significance between the holiday of rain almost? Obviously, there's other meaning to Sukkot. But why is this, this connection to rain next to Yom Kippur? It's a question that I have. This week's Parsha, so let's go into the Parsha and see, let's see if we could find some sort of connection. And also, you know, I always like to figure out, Chazal, in their wisdom, like we spoke last week, didn't put Parshos, when they, when they orchestrated the Parshas, there was no coincidences. There was no, there was no coincidence that this, 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 that this week's Parsha is Hazinu. In between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. But why? What's the connection? Okay, so let's start with the beginning of this week's Parsha. And we see that Moshe is at the, la- at the end of last week's Parsha. It says, um, Moshe, and Moshe spoke the words of the Sba'azne Ka'akal Yisrael, in the ears of all he spoke to Beni Yisrael, as a divri hashira hazos, the words of this song, ad tumam until the end of the song. So, what is the song? And at least Ashkenazi relating goes Hazinu Hashemayim Yada Beira. Right? I feel that this week Hazinu and Zosabracha they're the two parshas that you know you could you could always find someone that knows how to lane. I mentioned in previous share that I'm the you know the backup backup quarterback when it comes to laning in the minute I go. If there's no one else that could do it, the guy by always comes over and he says, "Oh, Rabbi Teichman, it's your time. It's your turn." <laughs> I, I stopped saying no because. There's no use. He's just going to keep asking me. So I'll do it. Baruch Hashem, I could lean a little bit. I, I don't always prepare it. You ask me why I don't always prepare. Okay, I should prepare. I don't. <laughs> so I'm often uh, gunning up there with uh, some help from someone else, trying my best. But Hazinu, though, I, I know. And Vizosa Bracha, I know too. It's just uh, short parshas that everyone seems to pick up. You know, Bar Mitzvah boys, Davin, please. Give me Vayela, Hazinu, Vizosa Bracha. Those are the parshas I want. Let me be born right at the beginning of the year. Those are the, 
you know, not not by you know parshas nasei or matas masei. You know, those are those are hard ones. Um, I taught a uh, one of my students a while back. His bar mitzvah parshas matas masei, and I had the opportunity to be his bar mitzvah teacher to teach him how to lean. And it was hard. It was hard. For, it was a long parsha, you know. And at the time I moved, so we had to, you know, do it from long distance. So it was even harder. Um, but nevertheless, this is a very short, sweet parsha. It's, it's but if you look at the words, there's so much there. Let's start off with the first few pesachim. Says Hazinu Hashemayim Vadebera. Give ear. Basically, asking the heavens, Shomayim, to listen as I speak. And let the land hear the words of my mouth. What is going on over here? It's nice and poetic. Moshe Rabbeinu is not saying stupid things. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying something important, a lesson to teach us all. Why is he saying that the heavens and earth should hear my mouth. You know, if you want to say the heavens, maybe, you know, Hashem should be a witness. But why heavens and earth? What's going on over here? So, Rashi says, that Moshe was saying, I'm a man. I'm a person. Die tomorrow. If I say to the Jews that, that you did not, we do not keep the pact, the bris that you made in the past part, the two weeks ago, and you do not keep the pact, right? I, I'm not there. I'm gone. I can't be the witness that you made a bris. So the fichach says, Rashi, who is going to be the aid? Who is going to be the witness? Shamayim va'aretz. Heaven and earth. They're going to be aidim that are there, witnesses that are there forever. Aidim shehem kayomim la'olam. Rashi explains that this, the witnesses should be heaven and earth. Rashi goes on to say that if you keep the bris, if you keep the pact that you made with the Kodesh to keep the to keep the mitzvahs, who is going to pay you the schar? Who is going to pay you the reward? Shemayim va'aretz. Shemayim will bring forth rain. Va'aretz, as we say in Parshish B'chugotai, Right, yeah, matar va'aretz nasani vula, and the land will give out beautiful fruits and peros. It will be easy for you. It will be easy work. You'll have plenty to eat, plenty to sell, plenty to, to live with. Everything will be fine. But chas v'shalom, if you don't, who is going to be the witness? Shemayim va'aretz, as it says in Parshas B'chosay. Also, lo matar. There won't be no grass. There will no rain. Va'aretz learning nasani vula, and the land will not bring forth produce. So we're just saying that this is the aid, Shemayim Aretz. Rain bringing produce on us. So, number one, first connection I want to make. Beautiful. Let the, we just finished Yom Kippur. And if you read through the Asham news that we said, the, the Vidoy that we said, to confess our sins, why are we sinning and confessing our sins? Why are we doing that? The answer is, so it should hit us. Oh, wow. Look what I've done. I have to be better. I have to try harder. You know, Dibano <laughs> Dofi, I say a lot of bad things. I speak Lashon Hara. 
I talk down to people. I make people feel bad. But I have to, I have to do better. It's to wake us up. Now, obviously, we have to, we have to ask forgiveness for HaKadosh Baruch But also, when we do it, you can't help but, okay, you know, we have our marching orders for this year. We know what we have to do. So, so I, heard, I heard today that there, there's a story that there was a, you know, a Rav who counted his sins that he did the whole year. And he only came out with, he did 73. You know, so the speaker I was listening to said, Halavai, you know, that I should have, if only if I had 73. Imagine 73 for the whole entire year, 365 days, you only do 73 things a little wrong. I'm not talking about major Averos, small things. Like not thinking, you know, not having Kavana by, by Tefillah. Hey, I'm in trouble. Or not saying the Bracha properly when we eat something. Not being, you know, not appreciating Hashem's world as much. There's a lot we have to work on. So what do we do on Yom Kippur? And we say, we should be signed in the book of life. Give me a second chance. Or a fifth chance. Or in my case, 30 second chance. I want to be better. Please, look at me in the glasses of Rachim. That's what we say, Hashem, Hashem. Hashem, you were Hashem before we, before we sinned. You were there ready for us to sin, knowing that we were going to sin, but you were going to be harachim in us, you were going to have mercy on us. And then Hashem, after we sin, you have mercy on us. Kel, rachu v'chanun, you're so compassionate to us at all points. Looking to me, so we're asking Hashem, don't look at your judgment, don't judge us. Look at us to the, to the glass of mercy. Your Kippur's over, you know? What happens right after Yom Kippur is over? And the shofar blows? Marif. <laughs> you know? And that's when we see all the people, you know, obviously I've been in many different shuls, and unfortunately people by Mariv, okay, time to go. Ah, what about Mariv? What about Arvit? Oh no, the shofar blow your kippah's over, I'm hungry. You know, I, I need my uh, coffee. Yeah. I, I actually really needed my coffee because I decided I, I drink too much caffeine, so I stopped drinking coffee like a week already, so I still didn't have a coffee yet. I'm trying to see how long I can go without drinking coffee. But uh, I don't think that's going to last too much. Happen to be Mochik's right now. Maybe after this year I'll go get a coffee, now that I'm thinking about it. But, um, uh, but, but yeah, the attitude is okay. I did. I did my job. I said, Ni'ilah, it's over. Ma'ariv, ah, that's for the, you know, the rabbi. That's for the chazan. He needs to dab ma'ariv. Me, man. That's what our attitude is going to be. So how do we keep that? What, what happens right after... Yom Kippur comes, comes the holiday of rain. Or comes the symbolism of water. Hazinu Hashemayim Adabera. The heavens will be the proof. If we are sincere, and we're willing to work on ourselves, and all the work that we put in during Elul, and all the work we put in during the 10 days of repentance, the, the Sarasim and Tshuva, all the work that we put in Yom Kippur, just going to davening is hard. I'm starving, I'm thirsty. And I'm sitting here in the shul for five, six, seven hours at a time. That's amazing. It's good for our human being. It's very hard. And I'm willing to put in that work. Is it real? Is it going to last with you? We'll see. Come Sukkot. Let's see. Go do, I always wondered, I think maybe this will answer my age-old question, 
I don't know if this is the answer. I'm sure there are other answers, but I think it, it helps understand it better. Why is Sukkot have such interesting mitzvot? You know, at least Pesach, we're having a meal together as a family. We're saying over a story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Okay. No, so we're eating matzah. But the matzah reminds us of what happened. And we're eating marah. And marah helps us, you know, feel bitter. There's some logic to that. Sukkot, obviously there's logic to it. Sukkot, we go out in the sukkah. But then we take a lulav and a hesrog. It's obviously there's reasons behind it. There's many reasons behind it. But even if there's no reason behind it, we do it anyways, Kashem said to. But however, it's just, why are we doing such interesting, you know, interesting mitzvah? We're going to buy a esrog, a fruit that we're not really going to eat, and a date tree branch that we're going to shake together with, you know, some sort of aravos, which is some interesting looking eye-looking, you know, tree. Uh, sorry, aravos is, is, looks like a mouth. And we're going to shake, you know, hadasim, it looks like an eye. And we're going to shake it together. And we're going to go this way and that way and this way. Obviously, there's symbolism. It means something. But it's, it's a little strange. And I always wondered what, uh, what people who don't know about Torah and Mitzvahs think of the, the, you know, the Jews walking, you know, one week they're walking in the street with their white pure white kittles and the white yarmulkes and the talisim. And then the next, a few days later, they're walking on the street, the same guy with, uh, you know, a branch. And uh, what do the neighbors think? Like, I'm nuts. Like, what are you doing? But, uh, but, but all joking aside, it's, it's interesting. And I think, because Hashem is saying, listen, you made a commitment to me. Now show me. Show me the commitment. The earth and heavens will be the aid. You want a year of bracha? This is your opportunity to show me your mean business. Okay. Let's continue. A few pasukim later in Pasuk Yud, it talks about Hashem's, according to Rashi, it talks about Hashem's kindness to Klal Yisrael. Right? He found them in the desert. And he found them in desolation, in howling wilderness. He surrounded him, granted him discernment, he preserved him like the people of his eye. That is an English translation, exactly what Rashi says, that Hashem takes very good care of Kal Yisrael. The Meshach Chachma, however, understands it's a little bit different. Meshach Chachma brings in a Sifri, and the Sifri says, Until Avram Avinu didn't come, it was almost as, obviously, Chashashon, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not reign on this world. He only reigned in Shemaya. Now, obviously, that's not true, but what does that mean? That means that the people on this world didn't recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Hashem. Until Avram Avinu came, and he recognized HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Amazing, if you think about it, just to take a totally, you know, 180 turn away from this for a second. Imagine Avram Ravinu growing up in a world. Now, we don't know what this is, because we grew up in a world that even though there is, you know, Christianity, there's Islam, they, but they believe in one God. They believe in other things, you know, depending on what, um, what division of Christianity you're talking about, but they, they, they believe in maybe Shutif in, in, a, in, a, in a partnership, whatever. They, at the end of the day, they believe in Hashem, in monotheism, in one God. It's amazing to think about it, that Avram Avinu grew up in a world 
where the entire world were pagan. Everyone had believed in multiple form of uh, gods, of multiple form of, of powers on this world. It's interesting. How did that even happen? I heard a very, super interesting thing, totally off topic, but why not? That Amavinu, uh, after Adam and his children, and it slowly from generation to generation, they looked to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they believe in Hashem. They looked to serve Him in better ways. So they looked towards, but they were, you know, they, they didn't, they looked towards the sun, so they could serve the sun, they not serve the sun directly, but, you know, use the sun's amazingness to serve HaKadosh I don't understand it exactly, but they, 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 it slowly went off the rails. They were looking for ways to serve Hashem better, and slowly, generation to generation, the idea of one God went total kaput. It's almost as, you know, Avram Avinu, they talk about, you know, King Yisho, when he, when he, he never knew what a Sefer Torah was. Time of King Yisho. And the, the, the whole nation was an ad, idols. But at least there was an idea of Judaism. There was an idea of one God. Avram Avinu's time, there was no idea. There was no one to teach him. And Yosho's time, there was a Sefer Torah. And he saw the Sefer Torah and he read it and he, he a t- tremendous mass chuva movement. But Avram Avinu was by himself. It's amazing to think about what Avramina was able to accomplish. Tremendously going against the tide. That's what we need to emulate, you know? Don't we need to be like Avramina? We need to say, like, you know, and the rest of the world thinks that we're crazy. But we're doing what we think is right. We believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we're here to mamlech His name. We're here to make great His name in this world and use the kokos that He'd given us and, and, and the mission that He'd given us to bring light onto this world. But back to the Meshachach, what the Meshachach was saying is that some sort of idea that Avravinu helped bring Hashem to this world. Obviously, Hashem's agent to the name of Hashem to come back into this world. So Meshach wants to say, from that Sifri, that that is what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying over here. That you saw Avinu, you want to know that there, there was an idea that Avinu was able to you know, bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu down from just the heavens. Obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu exists everywhere. But theoretically, in people's minds, doesn't just live in the sky. Is now a he made you know he went around telling everyone and explaining to people that Kadosh Baruch Hu made the world, and there's one God. And slowly, people went away from idolatry. He was able to bring Hashem back down into this world. Now, <clears throat> I think we can let's look at Sukkos. What are we doing? We're publicly by going into our Sukkah. I always have this amazing feeling. Obviously, I grew up in New York. I'm now living in New Jersey. It's still the same thing. And every single, you know, depending on the sukkahs, some sukkahs were different, but it's always very, very cold. You know, remember at least one time during sukkahs, sitting there in my f- coat, freezing <laughs> my box off. You know, this, this year, it sounds like it's going to be a, a, pretty, a pretty warm sukkahs. But, you know, what are we doing this for as a little kid? Let's go home. You know, I have my comic books on the couch. I want to curl up under a blanket. When am I sitting in the sukkah? You know, the food is great. My mother's a great cook. But what, what uh, you know, what am I doing? And, and the, the answer is, is that we're showing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're bringing Hashem not just in our homes. We're publicly stating that we, just like at the time that the Hashem took the Ani HaKavod, the clouds of glory, and he surrounded it with us. We're re- recreating that love Hashem has for us. We just spent the entire 
month and a few days, month and ten days, we spent davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, let us be closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now it's time to show that closeness. Now it's time to revel in the Anan and think about what Hashem took care of the Jews during the Midbar. Hashem loves us and that love is still there and it's alive and it's well and HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to come back into our lives and we're going out and we're publicly stating, look at me, sitting in this temporary hut when I have a house to sit in. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. And I think it's, it's you know, it's beautiful. And I'm going to sleep there and I'm going to eat there and I'm going to have all my, my, my everything I do is going to be in there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tremendous statement that we are making in everyday lives. Okay, let's continue. Uh, one last point. Actually, at the end of this week's Parsha, another Rashi. The end of this week's Parsha, amazing Rashi. Moshe Rabbeinu is given his last final commandment from Hashem. The last time that Hashem is going to give a commandment to Moshe before his passing unto the Olam Ha'emes. He says, Vayadaber Hashem el Moshe Leymar. And Hashem spoke to Moshe, Be'etzem hayom hazeh. On that very day. Leymar saying, Now, I'm no... I don't know the whole Torah, Kulo. But this is not a common phrase. Now obviously, Vayidavar Hashem Moshe Lemar is one of the most common phrases, but it changes it. Be'etzem hayom hazeh. So, Rashi tells us that there's two other times that it says in the Torah, Be'etzem hayom hazeh. Rashi in his great wisdom, knowing the whole Torah, says that there's two other times. That it says on this very day, what are the two other times? Number one, it said when Noah was bu- building the Teva and it was time for him to go on and the people were mocking him, you know, and trying to stop him and by the Teva. It says, And Hashem spoke to Noah at this very day. The next time it says it is by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim when Hashem took the Jews out of Egypt. On this very day. What's going on here? First of all, why is this word used all three times? What is the connotation? What is it trying to teach us? And what's the connection between Noah and the people trying to attack Noah when it says Betzimah? You see us in time when the Jews are being held back, trying, the Mitzrayim were trying to hold back the Jews from leaving. And third, at this point when Moshe was about to die, What's the connection? Rashi says very interestingly that the connection is as follows. When Noah was going to the Teva, the people said, eh, he wants to go to the Teva, we're going to stop him. We're going to take our axes, we're going to chop up the Teva. Noah's not going to make it on there. Kodesh said, in midday, in full view, not sneakily, straight up, Noach going to the Teva, I'm going to bring the Mabel and I'm going to save you and your family. It's an act of people, a mass amount of people trying to stop Noach. Because who comes and says, no, I commanded it, it's going to happen. By Yitzhiya Simsayim, the same thing. But Simsayim said, no, if we wanted to stop them, we could stop them. We let them go. Huh? We let them go. We're going to chase after them. We're going to get them back. Because publicly, I will show that is my will for them to leave Mitzrayim and to go on to the Holy Land. 
so too by Moshe. Moshe, the people were distraught. The people did not want Moshe to leave. Now, one second. Imagine this. The connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu was through the Rebbe. And I have a very strong connection to my Rebbe and my, 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 my teachers. And I would be very sad if I wouldn't be able to talk to them anymore, be with them anymore. But imagine B'nai Yisrael, Moshe was a pivotal force to inspire them on their journey to be close to HaKadosh Baruch Moshe was that connection. You know, Moshe is in his tremendous anava, his tremendous humility, brought himself into such a high level of close to HaKadosh Baruch that the Jews fed off that. You know, after the Cheder Eikol, HaKadosh Baruch wanted to make a new nation with Moshe. Moshe was, was and obviously Moshe said no and begged for forgiveness. Hashem, Hashem, Karach, Mukhanim, begged Hashem for forgiveness. And, and, but Moshe, and now the Jews said no. Moshe, you can't leave us. We can't go into Eretz Yisrael without you. You're our connection. Obviously, we trust in Hashem. We believe in Hashem. But you're our source of inspiration. You're what's here. We're going to stop you. No, you're not going to go up. No, Moshe, you're not going to go up to the mountain. You're not going to pass away. You're going to stay with us. And Hashem said, no, I will, I will, will that I want Moshe. Moshe is going to go. And it's interesting why at these three times, and I think there's a tremendous like, um, lesson that we could take into Sukkos for this one. Sukkah is, Sukkos is the holiday of understanding that Hashem loves us. So he cares about us, He protects us, and to build up our Amun and Betachon and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We take the Luv and Esrog, Luv that represents our spine. Esrog represents our heart. Arava represents our lips. And the mind is represented, the, the eyes are represented by the Hadas. We take them together, we shake them in all places. We know Hashem, Hashem, you're here, you're there, you're everywhere. Without you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're taking all of ours. Without you, we're nothing. We trust in you, we believe in you. We just tell you on Kippur where we, we asked you to give us a, a second chance. Well, we're here. We're going to go out in our sukkos. We're going to sleep in our sukkos. We're going to eat in our sukkos. We're going to be in our sukkos. We're going to remember the love that you had for Klai and pray that you have the same love. We're going to have happiness. We're going to be simcha in the, the, the relationship that we have with you. But here's the thing. There's a next level step to this relationship. Realization that when Hashem does something, it's for it's Litova all the time. All the time. When Noach, when he Beetzamayomazeb by Noach, it's very easy to see the Tova in that way. when Hashem took the Jews it's very easy to see the good. But at this time it's very hard when Moshe is about to leave to see the good. It's very hard to say It's very hard to accept it. Moshe, the same person who take you out of Mitzrayim, the same person who saved Noach, I'm also taking Moshe. There's a reason for what I'm doing. I'm doing for the best. I'm doing what needs to be done. Trust in me and believe in me the same as if you could see the good. And, you know, someone once explained to me, there's a Gemara that says, there's two, two the Gemara, there's a Gemara that says, um, it tells us the story of Nachum Shkamzu, the Gamzul Tova, we know that everything is for good. Story of Kiva, that everything that happens is for good. The, you know, and then it also says 
that called the Ovid, everything that Hashem does, everything that Hashem does is for the good. Seemingly, at first glance, they look like very similar concepts. But I heard an explanation. I, I, I apologize, I don't remember where I heard this from. But I'll repeat it anyways in this Mechila for who said it, if they, if, that I didn't quote them. Because it's such a powerful lesson. Gamzul Tova is saying that every single thing you could see good. It looks bad. Yeah, it's bad. But Gamzul Tova, it will be, it will be for good. Now it's bad. Yes, I broke my phone. But, you know, it will be for good. There will be a good thing coming out of it. Call the Avid Rahman Latavav. It's saying that everything Hashem does is for good is the next level. Saying that everything Hashem does is good. The bad, it's not bad. It's good. And this message, we could take that into we could take this message into Yom Kippur, from Yom Kippur into Sukkos. And you remember Hazinu Hashemayim that Hashem is waiting for us to follow up on our, our, our being sorry about it. We're not going to do it again. And we're trying our best to build a relationship. This is the chance, this is the Chagah Sukkos, is that chance. Right now, at the beginning of the year, beginning of this year, we asked the question, why is it right after Yom Kippur, why not wait a month or two? And the answer is very simple, because it needs to be now. We need to have this commitment. We need to build on our, ourselves to make sure that whatever our sins that we did this year is not going to repeat itself because we're going to have a new relationship. When you have a new relationship with someone, you know, you're not going to do something. A husband and wife, after they fight, they have a, you know, it's very easy for more things to happen. For the husband, you know, to go shopping and not care about what his wife likes because he's upset. They're upset with each other. But when the marriage is going great... They're thinking of each other all the time. No, I can't do that. You know, it's my wife's favorite food. Of course I'm going to buy it. It's too expensive, but she likes it. There's an extra push to it. Now it's time to build up. To build up a relation with Hashem. And Sukkos is that opportunity. And with that, I wish you Echad Kashu V'Sameach Yom Tov of closeness to HaKadosh Baruch where we can build on a relationship that we started rebuilding on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. And hopefully with this, we'll see the Gula of the of Amen. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we will see you next week.